We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. We're going to talk about regrets. Regrets will weigh you down. You'll go forward and then think about the stuff you've done. And a lot of times the stuff you did that you shouldn't have done is in your face. Yeah, yeah, like divorce that don't ever go away. You may have made a mistake before you came to the knowledge of the truth and got a divorce. And man, that's, that's, that's a scar on your resume that won't ever go away. Yeah, you didn't know, but still, you think about it, you just regret it. Well, it don't have to be that. It could be eating that last piece of cake. I'm just playing. But you can have them and then go to the doctor. Amen. Signs of stroke happening. And you regret it. Or you could have um, children out of wedlock. You love your children, but you wish that you had their father there. Or their mother there. That, that's a regret. And that's a regret that cries and make noises. So it don't ever go away. Can I... Uh, y'all scared? Y'all scared to deal with it? It's real. Regret. How many of you look at somebody and say, regret is real? Regret is real. So if you, if you don't deal with it, it won't go away. I mean, well, it, the, the regret won't go away if you don't deal with it. And so you have to know how to deal with regret so you can lighten your load because you don't need to be carrying regret and shame all the time. Amen. Don't want to go around certain people. Don't want to go back to your old church and visit because of what you did. Amen. You got them fake the Holy Ghost and head hit the drums and knocked you unconscious at the called ambulance. And you shame to go back. Shouldn't have been fake. You just regret it. And you're ashamed to go back. Something happened. You got pregnant out of wedlock at your old church. And you don't want to go back and see nobody. Amen. Amen. Whatever happened. And, and, and you need to get rid of this regret. Amen. Because you are who you are right now. That's you. Look at somebody and say, you're you. Right now. Right now. That's you. That's you. Own up to it. Yeah. Amen. That's the, see, that's the beauty of coming to Christ. It's in the past now. Somebody come up to you and say, you old witch. Say, yes, I used to be. And you better leave me alone because I still remember some of the spells. <laughs> you better get on back. I ain't fully delivered. Put something on you, make you. <laughs> we're going to lighten our load and we're going to get rid of these regrets because it's very important to to do this, to make your life. And I struggle with this. My wife has to help me. She has to help me with decisions I made, you know, different things in the past or different things I've done or whatever. Or, and not even what I've done, what people have done to me. I have regrets that I ever let some folks in my life ever. And you can't do that. Hey, that's, not, that's not fair to you because Jesus had a Judas. Jesus, it, Jesus let Judas into his life. You think he wanted Judas around? Now, I proved to you he didn't want them around when they was all eating. They were like, Jesus, who is it going to be? Who, who's going to betray? <laughs> it happened so fast. Everybody, who, who did he point to? Who did he point to? <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have somebody in your life you're going to regret. 
being that, that you let in your life, but that was a part of your growth process. You needed them to help you grow. And I've come to the realization at 49 years old that all these folk that I wish was never in my life, that's where all my sermons coming from. Y'all would have no content if it wasn't for foolery and coonery in my life. All these folk, just, that's the sermon. That's how God gets you. He, he allowed those folks in your life to make you, to work patience in you. Amen. And now you, now you can pass that on. Just like Paul said, he said, once your obedience is complete, you can teach obedience to the brother. You can strengthen the brethren. But you have to deal with your stuff first. Amen. So accept it. Accept it. I made a bad choice. I should have never married him. I'm talking about if you divorced and moved on back in the day, not today. Somebody got to start getting, collecting their stuff. I knew it. I knew he was going to speak on my behalf this morning. <laughs> knew when I was getting dressed. Some told me to pack that suitcase while I was getting dressed. Amen. But no, I shouldn't have done that. No, I shouldn't have gone there. Mama told me not to go, and I went anyway. Shouldn't have gone. Something bad happened. Amen. Amen. You know, I talk to guys. People email me sometimes that are in wheelchairs and different things from going to drive-bys and, I mean, not going to a drive-by. Well, sometimes they was going to the drive-by. But, yeah, so some of these guys, you know, they paralyze and different things. And, you know, I always ask, you know, I mean, how do you handle thinking about that? Because every day you're confined to a wheelchair. So, I mean, how do you even handle that? They have to just put it somewhere. I mean, it takes, really it takes God to help someone pass something that's severe. And a lot of you in here, just, you're just regret and shame. Some of you got tattoos with the name of the place you was at on your body. Every time you get dressed, you see the sizzler. That day that it went down. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the sizzler, I don't know. Y'all remember the sizzler? We thought we was going to Three Forks when we went to the Sizzler. Can I have the beef tips, please? Y'all remember the beef tips? Y'all don't remember the beef tips? And they give you that number, the block. The dude making the Texas toast. Thick and buttery, and, but he couldn't really speak well. So don't ask him anything outside of toast making. He had no answers for you. And the green and the uh, the green and the red Jello, because that was the dessert. If your daddy had money, they'd give you the heavenly hash dessert. Remember that? All that is is whipped cream and smashed up Jello. Why do I remember this so well? That Sizzler boy after church, we would go to church just so we could go to Sizzler. Forget the service. When what time is does the Sizzler open? But anyway, you got the Sizzler logo tattooed on you because you met somebody there. Amen. And that's a constant reminder. Amen. I remember when I was dealing with Kevin Thornton, he had Color Me Bad for Life tattooed on his body. And I mean, he told me that that tattoo literally spoke. And he wasn't lying because he went back to Color Me Bad. How you go back to a one-hit wonder group? I saw a video clip of him singing No Diggity. That ain't your song. 
Boy, you ain't singing your own song? Making good decisions will always produce what? If you want good results, you have to do what? If you want good results, you have to do what? Make good decisions. What do Christians make? Good. Why are you saved making bad? That's why when people ask me, well, it's once saved, always saved, eternal security. Brother, I don't, I'm not even getting into that discussion. What kind of decisions are you making? You want to know if you have a license to sin if you save? Is sinning a good decision? So as a Christian, aren't you supposed to be, aren't you supposed to have good results? Why did you get, did you get saved for some good results? But if you do bad stuff, then you're going to have bad results. So why are we discussing eternal security, brother? We need to be discussing, are you really saved if you want to keep doing the fool and getting bad results? I came to Christ to fix stuff that was wrong with me. I didn't come to him to approve of it. Galatians, oh, we are commanded by God's word to what? Do good. Obeying God's commands ensures a what? Good outcome. Galatians 6 and 10 says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us what? Unto who? All men. I tell y'all that all the time. You cannot sin without it affecting someone. There is no solitary sin that you can do without it affecting someone. That's why Jesus summed up the whole law and said, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the whole law. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't sin. Because sinning hurts somebody. Somebody in here right now thinking of a sin that don't affect nobody else. There's not one. There's not one. Any sin you can manifest is going to affect someone else either directly or by your behavior. So we ought to do good unto all men, especially unto them who are what? Of the household of faith. Intelligent and logical decisions are more ideal than emotional-based decisions. How many of you learned that the hard way? You don't make emotional-based decisions. You're gonna regret them. Amen? Amen. The other day, we got this little dog, little Spyro. And I went downstairs the other morning, and I had to be up here at the church because I kind of have, I, you know, do my thing in the mornings or whatever. I want to be done with everything I have to do by 10 o'clock. That's me. Before folks start waking up and calling me and distracting me. So, you know, my plan was just bounce out of the house and do what I need to do. Went downstairs, and it was a boo-boo inferno. Dog, just, I mean, he shot it out of the cage. He in a crate, aiming. He was playing asteroids. Shot it all out the cage, all over the blinds, all over the floor, the carpet. I mean, like he was trying to do it. No, went down there. So I'm down there cleaning it up. Because, you know, it's the crack of dawn. So I'm up there. I'm the only one up. I'm down there cleaning it up, whatever. And, of course, I have a wife. Oh, she's, she's a wonderful, look at her. Ain't she gorgeous? She don't let nobody else clean because can't nobody clean like her. That's her. So she knew I was throwing away stuff that shouldn't have been thrown away. I was using stuff that should not have been used. I was getting more dookie on stuff than the dog did. I was messing everything up. But I was trying to, I didn't want to wake her up. Because she was already, she wasn't on board about the dog in the beginning. 
So that would have been a double whammy in the morning. I didn't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear the other stuff. So I said, I figured I'd just clean it up myself. I'm cleaning it up a whole hour past. So now the folks ain't going to get the word. Y'all, it's only one slide on this sermon. You ain't get, there ain't nothing else left. Because of the dog. No, I'm just kidding. But I... I was like, folks, they going to get the word. I'm not going to get that done. I was like, I hate this dog, Craigslist. I went on Craigslist, started seeing what they was going for. And I told my wife, I said, this dog is gone. He's gone today. Forget him. He's gone. I don't care how much it costs. I lost my money. He's gone. It was just, I just, just played like he was the stock market. And I just lost. He's gone. I said, well, Landon, wake up. Tell him the dog is gone. He's out of here. So I came up here, whatever. But then I calmed down. I didn't go wake landing up. I didn't go, you know, I, didn't, I was just venting. I calmed down. I called my wife. I said, you know, I, I, I was upset, but we, I, I don't want to get rid of the dog. I didn't make an emotional decision. You see what I'm saying? I let it out to her, but I didn't go get rid of the dog. Hey, Amen. And he's cute, and I like him, and we all like him again now, but <laughs> that morning, <laughs> Landon was ready to get rid of him. <laughs> like, get him out of here. But you can't make emotional decisions. That's all a part of, because I did that with my kids. When they crapped everywhere, hey, get them out of here. <laughs> call, the, the, call CPS, tell them we beating them. <laughs> These kids out of here. <laughs> you know, you've done your children like that. If you haven't done your children, you've definitely done your husband or wife like that. They walk out the room, oh, it's it. <laughs> It's over. All my feelings gone. But you're not going to make an emotional decision. <laughs> You've done that with the Lord. Mm-hmm, single town. Old, sinful, sagging, braided up head, two-earing wham thug came up. You just ready to backslide and be unequally yoked. But you didn't do it, did you? Amen. That's why you're still here. His breath smell like weed and sugar. <laughs> Modern cigarilla. Swisher. Swisher. Son named Swisher. <laughs> Just talking to a made your lips black. <laughs> I didn't even kiss him. It just... But you didn't do it. But you could have just backslide just, just, just for a date. But you didn't make an emotional decision. You thought that where the word says, amen, be not unequally yoked. Because eventually this is going to come back to me. Amen. Baby going to be born with black lips. You'll never get those off. Yeah, intelligent and logical decisions are more ideal than emotional-based decisions. When we think that God's, when we think with God's mind instead of our feelings, we will have what? Few regrets. So when you think with God's mind, his word, what he says, sound doctrine, you're going to have very few regrets. Romans 8 and 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So your mind can't be subject to the law of God. You have to force your mind to do it. You have to force your, how many of you have to force your mind to do what God wants? 
Your mind is going to go left when it should go right. You have to force your mind to do that. Amen? And that's where fasting and reading the word and being around folks with some sense comes from. Amen? If you're around foolishness, you're going to do foolish stuff. Living for the moment, showing ourselves or our superficial accomplishments will always produce regret later in life. Amen? I keep telling y'all I'm going through this 50-year-old thing where all my 50-year-old friends calling me, the ones that used to have all the superficial accomplishments and all of the stuff they wanted to do in the moment, and they weren't saving for the rainy day. But I remember the little cartoon they came and showed me when I was young, the ant and the grasshopper. Y'all remember that? I said, I'm going to be an ant. But I do, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not investing into, in superfluity. I was telling the men even Wednesday night, man, I was, when my, when my kids were little, y'all go back and look at some of them pictures, I wore the same thing all the time. My wife would have to throw clothes away because I would just wear it because I wouldn't buy me anything if they needed something. Oh, it got quiet in the house. Hey, man, don't you know when your children are born, they're the star now? You ain't the star no more. Quit uploading your picture. Now, can we see the baby picture? Every baby picture got you in it, pushing the kid. You're not the star. You're not the star anymore. The child is, so you got to do for the child. And you got to sacrifice yourself. Amen. Working hard out, doing what you have to do to take care of the children. You put yourself on the back burner. That's what's important. Because you're going to look up. When you close to 50 and you're going to wonder, why did I invest in stuff that was dumb? And the things I should have invested in are now staring me in the face. Proving that my life was a waste. Oh, you don't have to clap at this message. It's hardcore. I'm not living, look at somebody say, I'm not living for the moment. Proverbs 16 and 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that are the what? Man, you can do your thing all you want. All you want. Me and my wife can sit here. I could write a list of, I know, 20 folks that told us all they wanted was to be famous. And all of them right now today at 50 want to take it back. Because they got the fame, but their kid's crazy. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and what? Lose his soul. Can I keep preaching? Regret and shame are hard to deal with at times, especially when we knew better and were taught the proper way. How many of you knew better and still did it? See, you can't get it. You knew better. You knew better and still ended up in the county. But you knew better. James 4 and 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? A sin. Oh, but this is interesting. God always gives us the right way. There's not going to be a, a human being that stands before God and is able to say, well, God, I didn't know. You always know. You knew before you got married. You knew. Right? That's why I don't know. Anybody going to come tell me? I didn't know he was like this. Yes, you did. But Pastor, I just, I didn't even know anything about her past. Like, yes, you did. You saw the way she acted. You knew something happened. 
Every time she hearing loud noises, she take off running. You should have known there was some. <laughs> some something went down. <laughs> but you, <laughs> everybody knows the right way, whether through the preacher, the Bible, or earthly authorities. We have all been presented with the way to escape regret and shame. So before you did it, you knew. You just wanted to do it anyway. Yeah, you made up in your mind you weren't going to listen to the preacher, you weren't going to listen to the word, you weren't going to listen to the authorities, you weren't going to listen to your mother, your father, whatever. You decided to do it. But you knew the right way. No one is going to go before God and not know. First Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation always what? Make a way from escape. Now don't think the way from escape, the way for escape is gonna always come after. You know what I'm saying? Like you going somewhere where you're not supposed to go. Praying on the way, Lord, let something happen. So that Willie can't meet me. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. A tree fall in the car way. You're going to roll right over it. Tear all your wheels up to get to Willie. Can't stop you. That's what I'm saying. Why are you praying in the car with your best cologne on? Lord, let something happen so Willie won't be available. <laughs> Like the old folks say, with a motel key in your pocket. <laughs> Why? That's too late. The way of escape is the common sense and information you receive Sunday. It's Friday. And you waiting on God to do something. He did it Sunday. He spoke truth to you and you didn't receive it. That was the way of escape. Yeah, you ignored it. And now you have regret and shame. He will not suffer you to be tempted, but he, he's going to give you a way to escape so that you'll be able to bear it. So Willie called you Tuesday after the sermon Sunday. You told him, Willie, I ain't got nothing for you, bro. I can't meet with you. Matter of fact, I got to block you from my phone because you're hindering my progress. I'll never get a real husband as long as I got you on standby. Well, you ain't got he got you on standby. Amen. Or not even just Willie, a Willina. <laughs> Willie's sister. <laughs> that's it. I, I, uh, that's it. Selfish motives and selfish ambitions are costly. They literally cost us our lives. So you trying to be somebody is going to cost you your life. That's the price of fame. It's going to cost you your life. That's the price I never wanted to pay. When fame was staring me and I, I didn't want to pay that price. I didn't want it to cost me my family. I didn't want it to cost me my wife. I didn't want it to cost me my children, my future. And most importantly, I didn't want it to cost me what God wanted for me. So I just put it before him. Lord, if you want me to do this or that, then let it be. But I'm not doing it. Amen? Though we may enjoy the benefits for a season, we will wreck the lives of our families and friends in the process. Hebrews 11 and 25, choose rather to suffer affliction or choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy what? 
The pleasure of sin. How long does the pleasure of sin last? How long does it last? For a season. That's not long enough. And what is not pleasurable about God's way? That's what I don't understand. Dude, why do you want to be in a life of sin? Man, that's a hard life. Always in creep mode. Scared somebody going to find out mode. Looking over your shoulder. I, I can't live like that. God's way is peaceful. His fruits, the love, the joy, the peace. I mean, what about love don't you like? What about joy don't you like? Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. What about faith, temperance, and meekness? Don't you like self-control? Aren't you proud of yourself when you said no? Oh, I wish I could get some folks. Everybody in here too saved to clap. You proud of yourself when you stand up to the devil and say no. You feel like you somebody then. Man, I told the devil, no. Yay! That's why folk be dancing in church. That's why you want to get up and buck. Because you told the devil, the devil no and you meant it. Yeah. So that feels good. So what about God? What about Christianity don't feel good? I don't understand why it's always about sin. Sin make you feel bad. Creeping up to the altar, clawing your way down the aisle. Oh, y'all, can y'all pray for me again? I did it again. <laughs> I'm sick of you. Regret will eventually grow into what? So if you're just always regretful and just always thinking about the stuff you did and shouldn't have done, always shame. Shame, like the Bible says, shame faced it. And regretful. It's going to grow into bitterness. You're going to start feeling some kind of way about the folks that didn't do what you did. You're going to start feeling some, just because you won't do what's right, you're going to start feeling some kind of way about the folks that's doing what's right. When this happens, instead of trying to rectify the situation, we hide them, tear down others in the process. So instead of dealing with the shame and regret and owning up to it, you're trying to hide it. But in order to hide it, you got to tear other folks down. Hebrews 12 and 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. One of the most important scriptures or passages in the Bible. Lest a, any root of bitterness springing up will trouble you. Because this root, if it troubles you, it's going to mess up people. It says, and thereby how many? Many will be defiled. So you're gonna start feeling, you'll start feeling some kind of way about the people that's trying to do right. And now you're defiling many. Yeah. Amen. You know, you, that's why you got to be careful even when you're dealing with situations where you're ashamed and you don't want people to know what it was that, that you went through or whatever right there. So you start covering it up and you start becoming someone that you're really not. Amen. Don't do that in here. We're going to find out. You can't do that no more with Facebook. But we looked at your timeline and see, boy, you was us. She was a witch in 2016. Now she all posing and Lord, Lord, you know, I feel like if some of the older folks had let us know or let us in on how they were when they were young, we wouldn't all left church. We left church because we felt like it was impossible to be where they were. But they were saved from the day they was born. I mean, a little baby shaking in the crib. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You hungry, baby? <laughs> want some of this applesauce? Feed me till I want no more. Ooh. <laughs> baby, 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 just <laughs> why the baby so sane? Moaning, baby, don't cry. Moaning. Mm -hmm. uh, she must be wet. But that's what that's what we thought. I thought they were saved forever. We didn't know that they went through some of the same stuff we went through. Hurt and wounded and molestations and all that kind of thing. It was actually worse back then. But they made it like, oh, I've been saved all day. No evil have I done. Eight years old. How you singing that at eight? Just always saved. And so we felt discouraged. So we didn't want to go to church. We can't live up to that. I've messed up too bad. I'm already messed up. But that's somebody pretending to be something trying to cover up what happened to them or cover up what they went through. They have a bitter root. You know, they're bitter because they're talking about how much joy they have, but their lips turned upside down. I'm so happy in Jesus today. God has done great things. <laughs> really? Man, I hate to catch you on a bad Something really go, something really go down. <laughs> you done already, you done already used the face. What you gonna do if it really gets bad? But that's the truth. Y'all been in them churches, right? And you wonder why they so bitter and mean. If we don't know you, you just talking to them at the church. Oh, pastor brought a word today. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, today he did. I mean, last week was pretty good. <clears throat> no, I wasn't. Are you a member here? I've been here 40 years. We had the elders, we had, the elders, we, we had breakfast yesterday. We had the elders breakfast. And I was telling them, I was like, I'm not pastor in a church where folks don't like me. You don't like me, get up and leave. Get out of here. Why are you here? You can't. You can't divorce me from the message. You better laugh at my jokes <laughs> and love them. Would you leave out of here? Well, the word was good, but all them jokes. Oh, he's so. Ooh. You need to find another church. And the reason I don't want you here if you don't like me is because I wouldn't be nowhere where I didn't like the pastor. You can't separate the pastor from the word. If he has to deliver it. So we're not, I'm not doing church like that. Everybody got something to say negative. Just, I mean, can't even talk good about the church you go to. You just know all the bad. Debbie Downer. Folk come around you and want to kill themselves. But that's somebody that the root of bitterness has gotten to. Bitterness is miserable. So when others have done things the right way, 
and are happy with themselves, misery will cause bitter people to target them with slander, gossip, and what? Hatred. You know, we got folks like that. You know, they'll join the church and they're just floating through the crowd trying to, and they'll, they'll put out a little something to see how you're going to react. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, so baby, she's so sweet. Yeah, she's really sweet. You know, but, you know, one day, well, you know, I ain't going to say nothing. And they're waiting to see if you're going to say, what? They're like, huh? <laughs> okay. Found my witch. I, I didn't want to be the only witch. Yeah. He said, never mind. Then they said, yeah, never mind, right? Because you ain't finna talk about the church to me. Don't talk against the church I go to because that means my decision was bad. And now you're talking about me. If I'm up in there and I planted my family in there and we in there, you're talking about me. You got a problem with the pastor and who he put in position or whatever? You're talking about the pastor. You're questioning his decision. Why are you there? Proverbs 15 and 12, a scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. Neither will he go unto the wise. Listen to this. Somebody with a bitter root in their heart, they're not going to hang around wise people that can help them. And they don't love the one that's up preaching against That's why you hate me. If you in here and you hate me, you hate me because I'm preaching against you. Oh, don't try to put it on what I drive, where I live, what my wife said, what she does. The bottom line is you're getting preached against and you're trying to keep your agenda in here. And it's not going to work. You have to leave. You can't keep your agenda if it's going against the agenda of this church. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have a little side meetings trying to find out who's going to side with you. It's not going to work. This is the church. You think God, how many of you believe God's hand is on ABC? I believe it. That's why you're here. If you know God's hand is on this ministry, why are you in the audience being a devil? You the one going to get thumped. Yeah, so you're mad because you're getting preached against. So now you're a scorner. You got bitterness in your heart because I'm preaching against what you want to do. Now you can look around and see 500 and something people and realize you ain't going to change nothing. In order to escape regret, we must decide to fix what is wrong. This is it. You were waiting on the answer. How do we get rid of regret? Fix what is wrong. Well, you said, but I can't fix it because it's, it, it's already happening. It's here. Okay, let me finish. Fix what is wrong by doing what? Accepting what has happened and dealing with it God's way. So what happened? Get out of wet like I love the kid. Train them up to not make the mistake you made. Make the best life you can for them. God will see you. His grace is sufficient and his mercy does what? Endures forever. Isaiah 55 and 7 said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his what? His thoughts. And let him do what? Return unto the Lord. And if he does that, wait, listen, let's go back. If he forsakes his way and his unrighteous thoughts and return unto the Lord, here's what God's going to do. He's like, I'll make a deal with you. If you can do that, he will have what? Mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly do what? Abundantly pardon. That means not guilty. 
God will take care of it. You don't have to be shame anymore. Deal with it. But deal with it God's way. Amen? Summary. We all make mistakes and fall short. How many of you have made mistakes? Many of us are suffering consequences from bad choices and errors of our past. How many of you are doing that? Like, you can't change it. It's here. It's got to deal with it. Right? Amen. Half of you got tattoos. That's that. There you go. Can't get them off. It's part of you. It's got to buy certain clothes. Amen. Amen. Can't have no cleavage on because you got a dragon on your chest. But God knew it. He allowed that demon on there so you would cover up. He knew Instagram was coming. He knew they would invent that. (laughs) Even when we knew to do right, mama told you not to get no tattoo. Told you, said, 99.9%. This is a real statistic. I didn't make that number up. 99.9% of everyone that's got a tattoo regrets it later in life. That's everybody. Like, nobody's like, man, I'm glad I got it. Because it starts changing the older you get. Amen. It was a little worm. Now it's a boa constructor. Was a bumblebee? That's a buzzard. <laughs> you should have thought. You should have thought that through. <laughs> Willie's name on you and your husband's name is Charles. Every time you get dressed, he <laughs> you're gonna regret it. You're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. Amen. And you were warned. You were sitting there. Ain't nobody walking that man. Put it on me, man. Go on and put it. Everybody walking the tattoo parlor. Everybody from church background. Where you want it? Under my second toe. Put a little heart right there. Amen. But even when we knew to do right, we didn't. And now we are forever paying the price for the natural manifestation of our sins. Right? You're paying for the natural manifestation. Some sins you got away with, they had no natural manifestation. But some things you did, it changed the natural. Can I preach? Fortunately, this is not the end. Look at somebody say, this is not the end. It's not the end for any of us. It doesn't end here. This is where church begins. After you did the food, this is where church begins. God knows exactly what we've done and what we are going to do. You're not even finished. You're still going to make some mistakes. He knows exactly what we've done and what we're going to do. And yet he still does what? He extends grace and mercy to endure it all. He even uses us after we've We've gotten past it to reach others. And then he loves us beyond all of our faults. Yeah. However, many still feel the regret and shame of their bad decisions daily. Y'all, I'm here to witness to you and tell you, quit feeling bad. Don't spend another day feeling bad. The fruits of the spirit, the manifestation of God's fruit and his spirit are not negative. They're all positive. 
So let God take your lemon and make what? Lemonade. Take your misery and do what? No, 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 no. No, he ain't going to turn it into ministry. Amen. He just going to get you past it. Amen. You holding God up. The enemy will keep throwing it in your face to make your load heavier and heavier each day. The mistake many make is that instead of facing it, owning up to it, and correcting things, they hide, pretend, and do what? Live in denial about it. A person that hides, pretends, and lives in denial, they're narcissistic. That's where the spirit of narcissism comes from. Everybody that's narcissistic is hiding something, pretending something, and won't correct it. That brings more regret and causes you to trust in yourself instead of God's power to make things better. In order to truly deal with regret and shame, you must come clean and own up to your what? Own up to your error. Embrace your faults and repent. Take the truth you are receiving now and apply it so that a new chapter can be written. Do not wallow in self-pity and shame, but move forward with your life and stay on the path that God gives you to follow. Your load will become lighter and you will be able to strengthen others in the process. Amen. <laughs> Philippians 1 and 6. Everyone stand to your feet. Philippians 1 and 6 says... This is powerful, y'all. Oh, man, this scripture right here got me through all kinds of bad decisions I made. All kinds of errors I made. And I have to be reminded by this scripture sometimes that if God started it, he's going to finish it as long as I want him to. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will do what? He's going to perform it until the day. Of Jesus Christ. So we got to get rid of regret in order to lighten our loads. Right? Everyone bow your heads. Well, let's just let's do like we did the other week. Come up if you need to. And, and this is let it let, let it go. Shame of your past, shame of what happened, shame and regret. Just that regret. Wishing I hadn't done it. We're gonna let go of it today. Let's just let it go. Let it go so it don't keep making us feel like God is done with us. You come into church, God's not done with you. You know the ones God is done with. The ones God is done with don't want to have nothing to do with him. But if you want to have something to do with him, if you want him in your life, if you want to be forgiven, if you want to trust in him, he's not going to deny you that. So let him remove this regret. Shouldn't have done it. Wish I hadn't. Wish things were better. You hear me preaching about ideal scenarios, how God sees it, how he really wants it, how he really wants our homes, how he really wants our children, how he wants all these things, and your situation doesn't match it. Your situation has some dysfunction in it. Y'all, I ain't changing what I'm preaching. You have to change the way you're thinking. Amen. Amen? I'm not changing what I'm preaching. I'm going to preach God's way. Even when my way don't match it at times or the decisions I made cause certain circumstances, I can't preach to that. I have to preach God's way in order to even correct myself. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So we're going to keep preaching the truth. You just adjust it. Your situation may not be ideal right now, but you're working on it. That's why, you, that's why you're here. 
So we're not going to have regret. We're not going to let regret pull us down. We're not going to let regret destroy us. We're not going to do that. We're going to move past it. We're going to move past it and move on with our lives. God has something for you. He said he can do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Because he know your thinking is crazy sometimes. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for adamant believers in this place, God, that trust you enough to finally let go of the regret and the shame that they've been carrying. The things, God, the mistakes, some of them weren't mistakes. The church likes to say mistakes. Some of them were very intentional, very intentional decisions that were away from you that they made based on what was done to them. But today, Lord, we want to not only get forgiveness for it, but God, teach us and show us how to let these things go so we won't be haunted by our past, so the enemy won't keep pointing the finger at us, so we won't live in regret. But Father God, we will be able to take these situations and handle them your way. That your way ultimately in our lives will prevail. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've created, no matter what has happened, with us, with our lives, with our families, with our children, whatever it is, God, we repent. And we don't just repent, Lord, but we want you to make that situation good, the best it can be under the circumstances. It may not ever be ideal, but God, you can help us with dysfunction, how to operate in the midst of it. And God, we're going to give you glory and honor for it. Not another sleepless night. Not another high blood pressure reading. But God, we're letting this go. We will not live in regret and shame anymore. But we're going to do better. We're going to do better than the last time we said we was going to do better and didn't do it. God, you know us. You know our hearts. We want you. So help us to do better Help us to do best. Help us to be what you want us to be. And God, we'll give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.